0: sharing our gifts talents and stories you'll obtain the resources strategies and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth step into your authentic self moving beyond your best plan
1: Thank You for joining us for another episode of Beyond Your Best Plan. I'm Whitney, and with me today I have Catherine, Kathleen, and Sarah.
0: Hope Hello, are you ladies. Hi, hi. Awesome. We're happy to be
2: here. here.
1: Fabulous, fabulous. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics. So I'm excited to lead our discussion today. We're going to be talking about doing what you love. And you know, I am I've been thinking about this and I came up with my new pitch. What do you call those things? The the short little piece
0: elevator uh, script.
1: Yeah. So, but I'm gonna be known as the love your work mixologist. So I'm, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> all about, I like it. All about I love that. The pieces of vision and values, priorities, passion, and purpose in a way that helps you to do work that you love, the work of your dreams. So so we're going to talk about what is work that you love in general. Then, of course, we'll have the conversation as it relates to us. And then I want to talk somewhere in here about why people don't leave jobs that they're unhappy in. What is that all about? And what can we do to help them make some decisions that can help move them towards doing something that they will actually love to thrive in that makes them feel fulfilled and happy. So, you know me, I like to start off with a little statistic or two and more than half of employees are unhappy, right? And unhappy employees are unproductive employees and unproductive employees Cost companies billions of dollars a year. And part of the reason some of them are probably unhappy is that half employees don't take their vacations, right? So if you're not <laughs> taking seriously, if you're not taking time for yourself in general, right, it's going to make it difficult. But some of the reasons that they are not unhappy is so they don't feel valued. They don't feel appreciated. They are not doing work that they're not in places where they're being supported with the right tools and resources to do their jobs and a host of other reasons. So as you guys probably know, maybe you don't know, if this is the first time you've listened to our podcast, I was someone who wasn't happy in my job. I was unhappy for a very long time. And when we get to some of the reasons why people don't leave, the list resonates with me. So, but let's talk about you guys. Have you ever had a job that you didn't like?
2: Can I just add real quick to your awesome statistics that you kicked it off with? Because I just heard something to add on to one of them that we're like, The only country in the world that don't take these vacations. Right. Serious. Literally the only country in the world that works the hours that we work and don't take the vacations that were even allotted from
1: our employer. Exactly. And for a lot of people, those are paid vacations. So it's not even like if I take a vacation, I won't get paid. There's paid vacation time, and there's, and we're still not taking the vacation. I wasn't one of those people. I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I was doing something that I was unhappy in, I took my vacations every year. And I got to a place where I was taking the entire month of December off as an opportunity to sort of refresh and regroup and then to launch into the new year with a whole new attitude that lasted probably to like January 5th because of what I was doing. (laughs) But so have you ever had a job or a job situation? Maybe you enjoyed your job, but the job situation or the environment was not one that you were in love with or excited about.
0: I don't know that I've ever done anything I really didn't like. I think I've been fortunate in that regard but i have been in environments that were became unhealthy you know somewhere along the way and the how or why we all got there who knows but i remember leaving i worked at a spa salon for a long time and i had grown in a different direction and so the environment wasn't serving me anymore and so it was time to move on and I probably did stay too long. I remember having these really intense arguments with my boss, even because we both probably felt a lot of the tension between us. And you know, so I think staying too long means that sometimes you might even end up inadvertently damaging relationships, possibly reputation, etc. So but I love certainty, right? I am driven by certainty. And that was something that that job was providing me. I do look back too. And I realize that I love the customer service aspect of being with people. And, but you don't always get to live in that space in your jobs. Um, so while I love that part of it, there are a lot of other parts to my job that I have to do every day too.
1: Yeah. You know, well, certainty is is definitely one of those things that creates a challenge for us. So, oh,
0: yeah, it's in way, de- right? Sorry, Sarah, go ahead. Well, it's just, It gets in the way sometimes, our clinging to it. Yeah. And not being willing to adjust and change and grow.
3: Yeah, and I think the other thing that you cling to a job that you don't really care for, and I can speak for myself, is the pressures from home you know, like there are pressures from your significant other of not wanting you to transition into something different that you've got security, it's good paying, you know, and all the securities that are proclaimed to have that you have when you're in a job that is seen of significance. You know, I know that I stayed too long as a, lobbyist slash executive and what i did i loved what i did at first you know i really enjoyed it and yet i knew that and again this has been a pivotal part of my world is when logan transitioned i my life changed forever and i just didn't want to do what i was doing any longer it had nothing to do with the job changing it had everything to do with me changing And it served a wonderful purpose. And I'm glad that I stayed as long as I did now, as I look back. And yet I didn't do them a favor and I didn't do myself a favor. You know, staying in a position longer than, I think you mentioned this, Sarah, longer than you feel like you want to stay just causes more pain. It causes havoc. It's unproductive, you know. Whitney was mentioning statistics. One in four people are grieving in a workplace every day. And I talk about that specifically because of my experience and what I teach and and I provide, but out of that one in four, that's $75 billion every year is lost of productivity, lost business and poor performance for all grief induced experiences. Now you think about that one in four, if you have you know, 40 employees, 10 of those 40 are losing you money because you're choosing to ignore or not address the issue at hand. Not necessarily the person. If the person felt supported, like you said, Whitney, um, if the individual felt supported in in the ongoing everyday experience, maybe they wouldn't be so unhappy.
1: Right, right. That's, that's such a good point.
3: I can say Uh, that
2: my personal experience with some of my current work, my uh, work that I've done since college, I've mentioned before, I'm not allowed to go into like a lot of detail about it here on the show, just because it's a regulated industry and all that. So I try to keep it at a high level, which I always like to just mention that so you all know that, um, that are listening in, but, you know, I have it's been up and down for me, honestly, just to be real about it. There's parts of it that I love, like the relationships I get to have with my clients. I know I make a difference in their world, which means a lot to me. Uh, It's part of my mission as a human. I love the problem-solving part of it and kind of figuring out pieces to the puzzle and what are the goals and the dreams and then figuring out solutions to get there so and then there's parts that i don't love to the point where like i don't want to be in the industry any longer just to be real like it's that powerful so i think it's important to weigh how it feels in your body Because it, you know, I will say I've, you know, dealt with a lot of stress and I totally own that for, you know, allowing it to kind of go there. It is what it is, but it can't be good for my mind, body, soul type thing. Kind of the roller coaster of tension over the years and stress, just to be real. So my point is, is, you know, we're talking about love our work love ourselves even more and pay attention to how things make you feel and does the good outweigh the bad or vice versa? Because, you know, we can have, you know, think about this, like you could have work that, you know, like it's whatever to you, you don't really, it, it pays, you know, it handle, like it takes care of some of your needs as a human and allows you to do the things, some of the things you need to do And it just works for you and you're out filling your mission and your passions and things in other ways of your life. So and so you're loving that part of your life and that your work is working for you in that respect. So I think it's important to like really tune into how your body is, how your life is because of it, how, you know, it's sort of your soul is with your work and and how that's showing up in your life.
1: I think that's such a good point. And, you know, this concept of getting your fulfillment outside of your work, right? And that may be the way that you move through being in a place that you're not fully connected, fully happy for a period of time, because it can allow you to come up with a plan. And so I have left jobs both ways. I was waiting tables once, not quite as sexy as Sarah in a Hooters outfit, but I walked away (laughs) from my job as a server in the middle of a shift. And it was, I had gotten to a place where I actually enjoyed the job in a lot of aspects. And I love the camaraderie and the fun with the other staff at the restaurant but there were aspects that were because I was older at the time I was older I was going through a divorce and I had a kid and most of the other wait staff were young and and college age and so I was just a little older than them and I was taking it a little more seriously than they were and so it impacted me in a way that didn't work. You talk about certainty, Sarah, you know, that I needed the job and my income that came from that to be certain and to have other people in the restaurant who I felt like weren't responsible. They weren't taking it seriously. It was impacting me financially and it created stress for me. It affected my health. It affected relationships and so the particular night that I left I just got into a place where I was like enough was enough it this sounds like really trivial but we served lasagna lasagna supposed to be served at a particular temperature why the kitchen couldn't get the temperature right for lasagna night after night I don't know but that particular night I had customers that were sending the lasagna back because it wasn't hot enough. And after like the third time, I was like, you know what? I'm done. And I just (laughs) walked away from the tables. I don't even think I changed my clothes. I left in my little nasty uniform and went on about my life. But, you know, it is just it had that effect on me. And then the job that I stayed at the longest, which interestingly enough, until I had this job as a, as a lobbyist, Kathleen, until I had that job, I had never been in a job anywhere more than three years. And so there was something in it that kept me much longer than I wanted to in one respect. But when I looked back, I see the lessons, the nuggets that were in it, and that I was actually there for a purpose. So I want to talk about this list of things, why people stay. And then I want to talk about how we can help our listener if they find themselves in a situation, how they can either make preparation to leave or leave. And I know we've had some conversations in the past where our listener has taken action because of things we've talked about. And so I want to preface when we get to that with we're not telling you what to do, (laughs) we're telling you the possibilities. And if you need help, as Kathleen always reminds us, if you need help in making a transition, we do have coaches that are part of our group, whether it's us or someone somewhere else, get the help that you need to make the change that you need to make. But what I've heard from you guys and what I know to be true in my own experience, that risk is people who are not Good at taking risks is a reason that people stay, right? That it's risky to to go out and learn something new, to start all over again. Golden handcuffs was a reason that I stayed after a particular point. I was like, well, there's no point in leaving now. I'm like two years away from walking away with all this stuff. Kathleen mentioned this, disappointing others, right? When you are... In a relationship, or, you know, in, and the family depends on your income, or you went into a field because that's what your family, doctors and lawyers get that a lot. Right. That was a big one for
2: me. It was was, right. You're
1: doing something because of what others expect of you. People liking Mm -hmm. the title that they have. I was reading something that said, better. Exactly. They feel better being the vice president of something boring, as opposed to, you know, the newcomer of doing something like really exciting, the having responsibilities, and then this concept of kind of not wanting to get it wrong. Right. So, and 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 all of those are probably steeped in fear.
3: Yeah, and then feeling the responsibility of well, if I leave, what will happen to the organization if I leave? You know, even though everybody's replaceable. And, you know, if you're not if you're not happy, then more than likely you're going to be replaced even with someone <laughs> that's gonna be <to> <laughs> Right? More, you know. Right. There are two things I wanted to that's just an evil add. thing. Would that be an
1: evil yeah, thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, is it an ego thing or is it truly that you want to leave them in a good space? Even, you know, like there were times where there were people that were put in positions because of their connections to other people, not because of their qualifications. And it is your belief that, or my belief or someone's belief that the organization is not going to excel because of that. Best for the organization that you're working for. Who knows? I, I don't know. It's certainly I, possible. I,
1: yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, one thing that I wanted to bring up is that no matter where you go, you follow. You're going to be there. So if you're really unhappy in a position, I think, Catherine, you touched on this, but if you're really happy in any position that you're in, is it the position in the job or is it you that's unhappy as a whole? You know, is it you that... You know, so that's one of the things I would actually have someone explore. You know, for me, I was unhappy in this this particular position, but it wasn't the position that was unhappy. I just wasn't doing what I loved. And I wanted to leave the job that I was in, in a uplifting, different way than what I had left a job like you, Whitney. Like I I left a (laughs) banking position where you know, like I had a conflict with one of the employees that worked for me and I couldn't get the branch manager to hear what I was saying. I clearly wasn't articulating it well. And finally, I just was like, fine, I'm done. I'm leaving. And I walked out in the middle of the shift, didn't do anything. I didn't cash out my drawer, nothing. I just walked out. I didn't want to leave this position that I was in with that kind of energy. Like I really wanted to leave like, I did the best I could with what I had. I am leaving this with my head held high and with love. So I leave this position knowing that the organization is still in great hands and I don't have to worry about it anymore. Like I left with me completely intact. So if I leave angry, then that anger is going with me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, that. so, It's really important as we explore, if I'm not doing what what I want to do, I invite you to think about what do you want to do? And then imagine as if you're doing that right there in the position you are, and then that's how you leave. You don't leave angry.
2: And I think it's important to, to not burn bridges, especially in, you know, our more mature as we mature in our career years you know you just never know we're all on a path right now we're all on a journey and we never know what's next and what's leading us and the doors that are opening and but are closing but then they're opening somewhere else and there's so many i look back on my life and there's so many pieces that just full circle back and so it really is and what Kathleen's saying is don't burn the bridge within yourself too, because you do carry the energy on how you show up in the relationships. And I will say too, you know, to kind of continue a little bit with my story I shared earlier that, you know, it was the challenges of my work that led me to me coming up with the dream that I had with Fit District, the startup that I'm opening, it really came from some really challenging times in my other work and led me to this idea and this passion and so, so many things with what I want to create with Fit District is from what I've learned from things that were challenging what I don't want. You know, I like culture is extremely important to me, creating an incredible Culture for our team, for um, our customers, for everyone that Fit District touches to thrive and feel good and create an opportunity and have fun, have fun in the workplace. And so anyway, so just because it's challenging, it's okay, trust the path. And, like, there's going to be goodness, if we allow it, that can come out of those challenges that may lead you to lo- actually loving your work. Because I will say, I right now, I love, I mean, it's wild. I love everything about the creation project at Fit District. And when we open and we're in the next phase, there might be parts of it I don't like. And I'm going to have other people dealing with it. Right? So, Again, there's workarounds, right? If there's, depending on what the situation, to make it where you like it. I think it will be important to understand
1: the difference between, you know, being unhappy in your work, being unhappy in general, right? And we talked about happiness a couple of episodes ago and figuring out what happiness is for you, what that means, uh, pursuing it and... And making it happen in your life, I I think it is, it could be that you're unhappy in your work because you're unhappy in your life, right? It could be something else, but taking the time, I think you guys are all on point on this, taking the time to do some introspection and figure out what is going on with you in your life, in your relationships, in your work. And having a vision for what it is you want to encompass all of that and then taking steps to make that happen. I would say that being in the last situation I was in, that I was there much longer than I wanted to be, but I was there absolutely as long as I needed to be. And when I came to a realization that I was learning lessons that were going to serve me in what I ultimately wanted to do, which is what I'm doing now, when I came to that point, I was like, everything that is wrong with this place is giving you insight into everything you need to know to help people with work that they're doing or fixing their organization cultures and things like that. So, and once I embraced that concept, being there wasn't such a chore, right? It wasn't, it wasn't nearly as bad as I felt, and the other piece of that is something we talk about often is story, is I just kept telling myself the story about how unhappy I was, how much I came home one day talking about how that place was sucking the soul out of me, it was sucking the life out of me. And it was. But that was something that I was allowing to happen.
2: The story makes it worse. In the the story, story it absolutely made it worse. It
1: absolutely made it worse. And then I didn't want to be someone who was complaining all the time, was the other piece of that, right? So I had to take some ownership, uh, some responsibility, not some, 100% responsibility for where I was, what I was doing, what I was saying, the stories I was you know, repeating, and then what are you going to do from this point on? And then I made a plan, what I call my extrication plan, and worked through it and executed it, and here I am. So Kathleen, while I agree with you, you had a point about where you are, there you go, or wherever you go, there you are, that sort of concept. I am absolutely 100% happy where I am. And I wasn't there. But I think part of that was, it wasn't fulfilling anymore. And it wasn't it no longer served a need that I had as I grew as a person. And I think part of that was the loss of my son, and wanting to be doing work that was meaningful to me. And while there was absolutely nothing wrong with being a lobbyist or any of that, it just wasn't serving me anymore. And removing myself from that is what gave me space to be happy in the person that I am now. And Sarah, I see you chomping at the bit.
0: Well, I had, you know, I've been in real estate 17 years this year. That's a long time to do something in particular. And I would say, maybe eight years ago, I don't know, timing wise, I could be off 10, eight years ago. I was just beyond frustrated. I was exhausted. I was feeling like up to here and you can't see me listener, but I've got my hand under my chin. Like I, I just was stressed to the max with my job and I was irritable and I was, I think, well, I know I was short with people. I had lost my ability to be patient and I kept running into these situations of really overbearing other agents on the other side of the transactions I was working on or clients. And so, you know, add to, I already am at my max and now I've got these people who were, you know, either trying to micromanage me or wanting me to behave in a different way than I was willing to behave at that time. And I had to change my story. And I, so I totally agree. I needed to assess what was making me unhappy. So I I took some time and said, okay, these are the things that are making me unhappy. And I remember posting on my door that was in front of my desk that said, be compassionate I literally put a picture of a bee and then the word compassionate because I was losing compassion for people on the other end of the D or the other end of the phone in some ways so I remember I said I was being short with people so I had to get back to changing my story a little bit there and then evaluating what was going on in my days that you know I needed to get that stressed out or needed to be that frustrated and uptight I hired a coach though shortly after and she was able to give me skills of managing people differently in my world because oddly enough what I do is I don't get to pick who's on the other side of a transaction. I got my side here but I never ever know who's on the other side and that could be a hundred different skill sets of people. So she gave me tools and tricks on how to manage those relationships differently and how to behave myself to create the change that I needed in those relationships. And that was really powerful. So it's not always about, do you need to leave, right? Or do you need to restart or do you need to redo maybe it's just sometimes like, just like everyone has said, and, and Whitney, you said it so well, is, is you just need to adjust your story, and then come up with a plan. And maybe that plan is, you know, exiting and, and doing something different. Or maybe that plan is eliciting the help that you need to create the growth within yourself to become happier in that moment. So I just my two cents on that, sometimes it's not always leaving, it's finding the tools and resources to become happy where you're at too.
3: It's so funny that you bring up the story and finding new story because this morning, one of the cards that I drew for the global, you know, like we record these on Mondays. So, you know, for the week of Monday or this week is that the card I drew was observer and observer is really about being able to step up above the story that you've created Because whatever the story you're creating, it's the story at work. It's the story at home. It's the story in your relationship. There's more to the story than you can see with your naked eye. And there's always more. There's always, always, always more. So if you can just step above and look down and see from a different perspective or be able to, you know, it's part of the rim modality that I administered, the healing modality. You move into the awareness of someone else and seeing through their perspective, looking back at at you, what's coming across from the job even. You can go into an object. It doesn't have to be a person. So really becoming the observer in whatever situation we're in, there's always more to the story. So we can choose that 100% responsibility, as Whitney says. We can choose how we, we want to respond when we're unhappy in whatever we're unhappy in. I love really that so doing, much. Yeah. Doing the job you love, like fills your soul. Like it fills my soul. Whitney's mentioned it earlier. And let's just say it again. It fills your soul because you could work 12 hours a day, 15 hours a day, 20 hours a day, and still feel good about what you're doing. Because if you're serving from your heart and you're serving in your purpose and you love what you do, then it's really not work while you're working and you're creating and you're providing and you're producing. It's not work. It is a passion of love. I you can can't really feel up. that
2: difference too. Yeah. When you go from having a project that it serves your soul, right. And that's where it comes from versus one that does not, I can relate because I'm in that, as you know, like, And you can really feel the difference, speaking from someone who's in that as we speak. I love that. I love step above the story. I wanna like tattoo that on my other wrist. (laughs) Step above the story. Cause especially with work, I wanna just say that like, you know, what you all are talking about with the story, it's just taking total accountability for what we're experiencing. And oftentimes, especially around work, like I'll run a story and it'll be a blame game story, right? And uh, when I step out of that and into ownership and shifting the story, it's powerful. And I I see things so differently. And again, but it's so natural, to just sort of go into that blame game. So I love that when you start to hear that story, what are you, you know, in shifting, you get into... It just feels better. It's more powerful, but it just, it feels better.
1: Absolutely. So as we wrap this up, do each of you have a final word you'd like to share, whether it is about, you know, making an exit, whether it is staying and finding, you know, the lessons. What do you have as a final word for our listener?
0: My final word is what Kathleen said, observation. If you're questioning where you're at today and how you're feeling in that position, then sit back and observe and ask what story are you telling? How is it making you feel and what could be different? How can you grow through that experience?
3: And mine would be explore before you exit or change and if you don't know how to do that there's plenty of free stuff online there's free stuff in clubhouse you know so if you don't have financial means to do to hire a coach or hire someone that can help you do that there's all kinds of free stuff to do it now explore and if you have the resources and the means to hire a coach hire someone that can help you through it because it's so much better when you do.
2: Yeah. Coaches are so great for love your work. I would say, you know, life is, you know, we spend so much time in our, our work and our careers, you know, that, you know, it's worth it to take the time of, you know, figuring out, you know, how you can love your work, right? You know, maybe if you're at a place where you're trying to figure that out, because I hear that often, well, how do I know that? How do I know what my passion is? You know, it's something that it's kind of an internal calling that just sort of comes to you. But I would also urge, you know, take like, think about reflect on the work you've done in the past and think about really or journal about like, what did you like about even if it was like the worst job ever, there's probably one or two things in there that you can say, I really liked, you know, I liked, whatever, bring it up counting cash or talking to the customers or whatever it is like reflect on the things that you did like write them down and you may even see some patterns there. So everything is a path. It's a journey, you know, be patient with yourself and reflect on what has felt good along the way.
1: Those are all very good. And I would second the motion for each of those exploring being curious, taking the time to understand what's going on within you, outside of you, patience and grace. We're always talking about extending yourself patience and grace. I would say, as my final thought on this, to get clear on your vision for your life and how work fits into that. What is it that you want? You know, get clear on that. Get clear on your your values, your priorities. You know, as we talked about the reasons people don't leave when you've got responsibilities or you've got a need for certainty or, or whatever it is. Just get clear on what your values are, which priorities are, and then take the time to explore your passion and your purpose, and not necessarily in the context of work but about things that you're just interested in, in general. And then maybe you can see if there's a way to earn a living from those things. I don't know that the people who necessarily created like Airbnb were sitting around, you know, thinking of that. We're in a time and place where you can make money legally, morally, ethically. (laughs) <laughs>
2: doing just about anything the so, airbnb people couldn't pay their rent right <laughs> they weren't thinking well, about it they couldn't pay their how rent of, but and that's
1: exactly how you can solve a problem so a scary situation
2: turns into that right
1: exactly. there exactly exactly or, or whatever
2: it was for them it, it doesn't have
1: what. to be right. the traditional way you think of work right? It could be something else. And so just be open to exploring that, being curious, and taking the time to figure out how serving a need, whether it's a need you have or someone else has, and how you can combine that with the opportunity to make money. So don't leave your job <laughs> if, if, if it's not absolutely necessary. If you're in a toxic relationship with your work or something like that, That's one thing, but don't just leave your job. Take the time to figure out what it is that you want, how you can make a move that allows you to live the life that you ultimately want to live. And if there's anything we can do to be of value and service as you ask the questions or make the move, let us know. Or reach out to someone else and with that we want to thank hold you. on
3: hold on Whitney what do you what? do are you, are you, I, I was just are you a business coach like what? I was what just doing? thinking that
2: Kathleen <laughs> you're like the perfect person right, yeah, right here. Maybe, maybe you
3: should just uh, explain what your role is as you talk, talk about you know using your expertise and skills in your new position
2: I mean, you really do so much great work and have oh. such incredible impact and value in this area and all of the content and information you're putting out on social media. It's incredible. Well, you can thank see, she's you. quite
3: humble as well, but she's really a kick-ass awesome. Coach. <laughs> thank yeah. you.
1: I appreciate that. I am a coach. I actually work with people who are in transition or want to be and transition with their work managing their careers so that they can actually do work that they love, or as was pointed out, find how you can love what you do. So whether it is making a change or leaving or making a change within yourself, that's what I do and help people to do that. Born of like the Airbnb people having gone through that process myself and learning some strategies and tools to help make that happen. So thank you, ladies. I appreciate that. That wasn't the goal, but
2: thank shameless you. plug for our sister. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs>
1: I am here for you. We are all here for you. And we thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond Your Best Plan have a great rest of your day.
0: Have a beautiful week. The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.